You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. God, we just thank you for breakthrough. And we thank you that we are in a season of just miraculous, wondrous breakthrough that we can't describe, we can't explain. We just know that the proof is in the natural of what you've done in the supernatural. So Lord, we, we agree with what you're doing. We agree with the unseen um, that you are moving on our behalf and know that the fruit of that agreement will bring a manifestation of the reality that you've spoken to us. So God, we just thank you for the breakthrough in Jesus name. Whew. That's so good. So last week I talked about the pioneering spirit and uh, that's been released. And one of the things I talked about was that, you know, we started out with these 12 disciples that are following Jesus and talked about the multiplication of how many millions of people that we have right now. And I didn't look up the statistics uh, before, but this week I was thinking about it and I thought, well, how many Christians are there in a world, in this world? So there are 2.38 billion Christians in the world. I would have never thought that. I just... That really blew me away. There's 7.75 billion people, which 30% of the world would consider themselves Christians. All on different journeys, all on different paths, but 30% of the world considers themselves Christians. Now that's something we can pray into. That's something they can pray in. It reminded me out of Elijah, out of first Kings where, you know, he's telling the Lord how he's done all this stuff and how he's all alone. And the Lord's like, oh no. No. And, you know, sometimes on this journey, we can feel like we're by ourselves. We're, we feel like we're the only one that is trying to trudge through what's in front of us. But God's like, no, there's 2.3 billion of you out there trudging through. So I was just thinking that would be a good prayer incentive for us or prayer point for us to really start declaring over the ones who have already confessed faith in Christ to rise up out of their caves. All of us get out of our caves and start moving forward in what God has for us. Yeah, I was really surprised at the number of people because it's going to take courage and risk. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, risk in order to move into the season that we're in with the power that God has anointed us already with. I mean, he's anointed us to do what he's called us to do, right? I'm already anointed. Yeah. So I heard this, uh, uh, I was listening to Chris Fallerton because he's the one that's kind of leading this spiritual intelligence thing. And people always talk about how courageous he is. And he said, no, he said, I'm not courageous, but my courage is the fear that's been bathed in prayer. So the things that I fear, I bathe in prayer and it gives me courage to step out and do what God has called me to do. And just think about that, because, you know, there are definitely things that we are faced with. So we're going to read a couple of scriptures. We're going to talk a little bit about Ruth, but we're going to start with 1 Chronicles 29, 20. And I just want to read some scriptures just to encourage us and build up our faith. 
It says, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Sometimes we just have to do it. Sometimes we got to quit thinking about it. We got to quit uh, planning it. We got to quit strategizing it. We just got to do it and do it. Do not fear, be dismayed for the Lord God, my God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. He is with you through the whole journey. No matter what we have to do, he is with us. So when we talk about risk, it really risk is the faith to believe what God is calling us to step into. So Hebrews 11, 8 says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out. So he was called and he went. Not knowing where he was going. How many feel like you're not, you don't actually know where you're going these days? But you know you're called. You know you're going. You know you're going to do it. But you're not really sure of all the details. It's, it's, it's all the details that trip us up sometimes. And then the last one is, this is out of the Passion Translation. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, remember to stay alert and hold firmly to all you believe. Be mighty and full of courage. That's what really builds our faith is holding on to what we believe. Though we can't explain it, we believe it. So we're going to talk a little bit about Ruth and Naomi this morning. So we're going to go to the book of Ruth. We're going to start in chapter one. And really, I want to talk about how we take personal risk out of love that bring breakthrough in so many areas we don't realize it because it's the love that motivates us. You know, we take risks for, for Jesus because we love him. And he's called us to do it, and we love him. We take risk for our family because we love them. You know, a parent would do anything for their child, right? You know, we take risks for our family because we love them. And so we're going to start a little bit and talk about Ruth and Naomi. As soon as I find it here. Okay, uh, Ruth, and this is chapter one, and we're going to start in verse 16. And, you know, Naomi has lost her husband, both of her sons, and she's got two daughter-in-laws that she doesn't know what to do with. And she tells them, go back, go back to your people, go back to your families, because there's no way in the uh, Jewish tradition that she would be able to have more sons that they could eventually marry. They would be too old for childbirth. So she tells them, go back. One of them says, I love you. I'm going back. But Ruth says, no. She says in verse 16, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from falling after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I, will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. There became a shift in their relationship. They went from being mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And the daughter's covenant of marriage was with the son. To 
mother and daughter coveted and a love for each other, a devotion for each other that would not separate them. And Naomi wasn't exactly jumping up and down and saying, oh yeah, now I'm in, let's go. She wanted her to go back because she felt like she had nothing to give her. But instead, she allows Ruth to go with her. And it's a big um, journey for her to go back from where she was back to Jerusalem. It was a long journey and Ruth went with her. And there was a risk in going back to a place where they had left because of a famine. So let's, let's, uh, let's uh, go to chapter three for a minute. You know, Naomi took a risk to include her daughter-in-law in this journey. Although her daughter-in-law would be coming back a foreigner. So she would be treated different in coming back to Jerusalem. Uh, verse 1 and, and chapter 3. And so they've gone through this whole journey of getting back. Uh, they've realized that Boaz is a relative of some sorts. And Boaz has been letting her glean from the field, which is part of the law of Israel, that they can glean from the outer edges of the field to be fed when they didn't have anything. So here comes the great idea of the mother-in-law. Anybody a mother-in-law that has a great idea for their kids? And just trying to look for the opportunity to invite them into this great idea? Yes. I always have good ideas. But this, this, let's just see about this God idea here. Then Naomi, her, Naomi, her mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that I may, that it may be well with you. Now, Boaz, whose young women were with you is not our relative. She's just asking her rhetorically. In fact, he is winning bar barley tonight at the Oh, I can't read at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. Now, think about this. She is going through a preparation. And she is listening to what her mother-in-law is advising her to. But this is a risk. Women of her stature, of a single woman, would never get all dolled up and go to the threshing floor and wait for the man to eat and drink all he can until he goes to sleep. But Naomi thought, this is the moment. This is the time where we're going to bypass what would be a normal process and we're going to find that opportunity, that moment of opportunity by taking this risk so that we can see Boaz and his response to you. You know, when you think about this, it's interesting because there was a tradition of how this would work. And she probably wouldn't even fit into becoming Boaz's wife. But she found favor in this whole gleaming from the fields. She found favor in all of this. And Naomi has this great idea to send her out in the middle of the night. 
to, to encounter a man that has been working and drinking all day. I mean, just think about it in the logical way. But, you know, when God's on something that is high risk and that will totally unnerve you, you have to follow where he's sending you. And, you know, you can feel God on things. And it's just like uh, Deborah confessing, God, I'm just spending all this time arguing with you because she can feel God on things. And it's about do it. Like that scripture we read, she can feel it. I'm going to get you ready. Ruth, trust Naomi. She has given her heart. She has said, I have coveted it with you. Whatever you say, that is what I'm going to do. And there's such a breath of the Holy Spirit on this risk. To be able to step in to what occurs next. And she said to her, all that you say, To me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, that means that he ate and he drank. His heart is cheerful. He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain and she came softly, uncovered his feet and lie down. I mean, even that, as we read it, you know, okay, John's face is like. <laughs> but only God can work the hearts to make everything open up in a way where it's not scandalous. It's the breath of God on it. Right. Only God can do that. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself And there a woman lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? He didn't even recognize her. So she, I'm sure she's like, great. This is going well. (laughs) Which one are you? So she said, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said to her, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of the town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true. I'm a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I stay the night and in the morning it shall be if he performed the duty of a close relative for you good let him do it but if he does not want to perform the duty for you then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives lie down until morning so she lays down but this is what I felt like was so sweet he says to her this is in uh, uh, verse 16 he says do not let it be known That the woman has come to the threshing floor. Because he wanted to make sure that she was protected. That, that, uh, that, you know, he acknowledged her as a virtuous woman. He wanted to make sure that that virtue was protected. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephods of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. 
And so here's this whole setup. And, you know, there is a, a tension here because she doesn't know, is he going to redeem her or is the other person that is a closer relative going to the one she doesn't know, the one she hasn't seen around, the one she hasn't gleamed from his field. And, uh, you know, she took this risk to follow all that her mother-in-law had told her. And in the risk of all of this, there was the great favor of the Lord on it. He made the way ahead of time. And we're just going to fast forward. You know, they go into the courtyard. Um, uh, uh, Boaz presents his case, says, you know, we know that there's one closer. The closer relative says, I don't want her because I would have to give up everything that is part of my inheritance. And Boaz is jumping up and down. He's doing cartwheels up and down. He's, he's saying, yes, yes. And then he exchanges the sandal and says, the deal's done. But in this, uh, let's go to uh, Ruth 4, 13 through 16. It says, so Boaz took Ruth and he became, and she became his wife. And he went into her. The Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons has bore him. And she took the child and all this. And what the Lord was really talking to me about is when risk is birthed out of love, it brings breakthrough. And breakthrough brings the restoration of things that have been broken. It brings the um, redemption of things that have been lost. It brings, think about this, this little small story between Ruth and Naomi birthed a generation after generation after generation of the inheritance of David. Because if that had never happened, where would David be? And it doesn't mean the Lord, you know, but, but just think about that. These small steps that we take in risk affect the generations ahead of us. They affect our lives personally, but they affect everything around us. Because it was birthed out of love. That risk was birthed out of love. And when we're passionate about something, that's what births the risk, our willingness to risk. When God is calling us to do something, then the, he burns a passion in us. So we're willing to step out into it. And when we step out into it, it begins to break open things that we can't even fathom are going to happen because we decided to step. This Ruth and Naomi story set the whole generation to come of Israel through the birth of David down her line out of this desire that she have a husband and that she has a family, which Naomi's son could not give her. So just think about what is burning inside of you. What is the love, that passion that, that God has burned inside of you to step out in? And where is the risk that he's calling you to take in order for it to be manifested? Because you know he's painted the road with favor as you go. Yeah. 
People will open doors for you that you didn't know would be open. People will make a way for you that you didn't even know possible. Strangers will pour into you and you're thinking, what are they doing? But they're, they're, they've been painted with favor of the Lord so that you can reach the place you need to go. You know, I was thinking about, um, actually, Deb, I was thinking about you this morning in India and how I remember she uh, telling the story of when she first went to India and she got this invitation to go and she didn't really quite know it, but she just felt like the Lord was on it. And she gets there and it is crazy and it is wild and it is dangerous. You know, they're trying to kind of hide her, but God is, you know, putting her out there in front of everybody. And she had men looking for her and all kinds of things, but she knew that she knew that she had to go. And now she's got all of these children that she's taking care of, all of these pastors that she's taking care of, all of these widows, because she took that risk to go out there into a super unknown place out of the love and passion in her heart that God had put inside of her. And it's completely changed all of those people's lives. And I remember when I first met her, she was telling me the story of the, you know, the orphans and they have this little tent, you know, it's on four poles. It's not like, you know, it's, it's basically a streamer on four poles and they would walk for miles and miles and miles and miles from one uh, little town to the next. And they would get the town saved and they would move. These are the little kids. They would move in miracles and healings and they would show who Jesus at the risk of their own life because they encountered someone who loved Jesus so much to tell them about Jesus that they became the Jesus, you know, proclaimers in their little village. And when we think about the opportunities that God has put before us, and they may not be to go to India, but they may be just being that breakthrough, taking the risk within your office, within your family, within your neighborhood, being that pioneer that God has called us to do. And we do it out of the love we have for Christ and the calling that he's put on our heart. And there's a calling on every one of us. And there's a calling on every one of us to bring breakthrough into the sphere of influence that he's given us. And, you know, I was uh, also thinking about Esther because Deborah and I were talking about that the other day. And, you know, this finishing up with Purim uh, the other night and just thinking about Esther, this little girl who scooped up by the enemy king the enemy of the Jews and becomes the queen that God uses to save the people she was taken away from. And, you know, we're not faced with life and death unless we're sent someone that there might be that option for us, <laughs> maybe an option for us, but in our everyday, we're not really faced with that. But what we are faced with is that spirit of yes regardless of what it's going to cost us, regardless of what the risk is, whatever the risk is, Jesus has prepared the way and painted favor on our path in order for us to take that risk. And if people engage with what we're risking in, 
that's great. If they don't, that's great. We're just making sure that we're doing and taking those risks that God has given us to take. And it's just so much fun in a loose term, but it is fun when we think about the opportunity that God opens up for us in order that the generations to come will live out of what we said yes to. I mean, just think about Ruth and Naomi. We are living out of what they said yes to. We have benefited from their risk. What's happening in our lives is because of what they did. And what Abraham did and what Noah did. And, and, the, and people look back a thousand years from now and say what Matt did and what Kathy did and what John did and what Jean did. Because what we're doing now is a, is a forerunning for the generations to come. Everything we do impacts, good or bad, what the, what the generations to come are going to receive. And in this season, we're in a breakthrough season. We're in a war season. We are in a fighting season. But the fight isn't like David had with the Philistines. It's a spiritual fight that we're in. In order to preserve what God has prepared for this Kairos time and for the generations to come. God is good to us. God is good that he would, you know, that he would let us be a part and be involved in all of this. That is his goodness. That he's given us a written invitation that says, come join the war of the kingdom in this season. And watch the tearing down, the destroying of the enemy's work at your hand. So yes, that's me. That's me. That's it's true. It's true. We're we're in a season to make a uh, markable difference in the outcome. Make a markable difference, and we cannot look at what is not. We have to look at what is possible. Amen. Okay, that's all I have this morning. Let's stand. Let's pray. We're going to be risk takers for God this morning, right? right. I am. I'm going to pray for just a, a, a just a stirring of risk within us, Lord. So, God, we just thank you that um, just even as Naomi and Ruth, we watch their personal love for each other be the breaker for the generations to come. God, stir up that love inside of us that we are willing to risk it all for, for you, for our family, for our, our neighborhoods, whatever it is, God, for the call that you have on us that, uh, as David told Samuel, do it. You know, God is with you. Just do it. And so, Lord, our, our word is, God, we're going to do it because we know that you are with us. And there's a risk you're calling us to take that you've painted the journey with favor so that when we step in, everything will be uh, moved out of the way that will prevent us from getting to where we're supposed to be. So, Father, we just thank you that there's risk in our heart and it's called faith. And our faith is in you. And we know that you will complete the journey in us that you wrote before the beginning of time. 
So we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the testimonies that are going to multiply and go forth uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.